Welcome guys to the MMOs.com podcast. We are all the way up to episode 71 now, and this is Altai here, joined this week by... Omer. And Gumble. And that's it. We're, we're a little light on players this week. Right. Our party is a little bit light. We're missing the tank and the healer, all right? But who needs a tank and a healer when you have all the three DPS? Let's be real, all right? The damage chart is all that matters. We'll be fine. All right. I wanted to start this week off by, uh, before we get to the weekly raid, I wanted to do a little fun little story because I was playing Final Fantasy XIV earlier this week and I did the Palace of the Dead. And to get to some of the later content, in, you have to buy the expansion pack for FF14 Heavensward. So I didn't buy the expansion. I was just playing the vanilla version because I figured I can wait. And then, while looking for a copy of the expansion, I found it was like, first of all, it was insane that the game was. It was 40 bucks on Amazon as well as the official website for a digital unlock code. However, a physical copy was 20 bucks, right? And of course, you buy the physical copy, you get the code as well. It just if you want it instantly, you gotta pay that twenty bucks extra. But what's even funnier is actually that I went on eBay, and the first thing I did, I searched Final Fantasy XIV, Heaven Sword on eBay. And of course, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit sleazy. I'm gonna link you. I'm gonna link you. Okay. And I find the item. And here's a little strategy for getting free shit on eBay. Okay. This is a little, little known gem, but I've been doing this for quite a while. So I linked you a cup. This actually just sold on September 26th. I saw this when the, when the auction was still going, right? And if you look at the pictures, this is a this is a new copy of Final Fantasy. Again, brand new condition, Heavensward. And you look at those pictures. You scroll down on the main picture. Scroll Number down. Where's the picture two? Yeah. Right? Look at yeah. Look at picture two and full screen. Look at that big picture. Do you not see something wrong with that picture? The guy takes a picture of his Final Fantasy fourteen new, and in the picture you see the code. You see the redemption code for Heavensward. So the best, an awesome way to get free shit, guys is you go on eBay and you search the name of whatever game you want, so long as there's a key in it, some retard is going to have it listed on there with uh, with the code showing. And this isn't a one-time occasion, for example. I actually got this, I got to this, I found this auction one day before it ended, right? So I, I tried to redeem that code and it couldn't work because somebody else beat me to it. But now I saved a search filter on eBay. So when I click on it, I can instantly see all the new items for Final Fantasy XIV. Here's another older game, uh, episode one. It's a new game. And of course, they take a picture of the key and you see the code right there. You can get all of these games for free. And there's not one example. There are countless examples of this. And I remember back in, um, in, in high school, I used to go on eBay and do this like for hours at a time. And I ended up selling easily like 50 to 100 Steam accounts because you can redeem these codes on Steam to play Counter-Strike for most of these. For, if you buy Counter-Strike, you buy Half-Life. Any of the Half-Life spinoffs, you get Counter-Strike included. So I ended up selling Steam accounts to my friends who kept getting their accounts banned because they were retarded. But you can find so, and this still happens today. The CD key is on the front. And this happens because people that sell these on eBay, they end up being older people who just bought it for like at a liquidation. They bought a whole bunch of games and they don't know what the hell these CD keys are. And again, we, we found the performance of 14. Had I found that listing about like when it, when it came on within the first day, I would have gotten a free copy. I want to add a. I want to add something hilarious to the story. So, go ahead. My brother and I first found out about this years ago. An older cousin told us back in the StarCraft One days, that era. Mm -hmm. And back then, keys were not bound to an account like Steam account. The way it worked was, only one person from that key could be online at a time. So sometimes I wake up, I want to play StarCraft, I try getting in. It's like, sorry, your CD key is being used by John. And I'm like, damn it, he got he beat me on. The guy who actually paid for the game beat me on. So I had to wait until he logged off, and then I would log in. And, he, and then when I'm, as long as I'm logged in, the guy who actually bought the copy could not go on Battle.net. And I would just, I would stay logged in because if I log out, this, this douchebag's gonna jump back in. 
And, and the funny thing is, like, Altai would try, and I would try to play it together. So if he can't get on US East, all right, fine, we'll play on US West. And some other guys on US West, right? We're fine, we'll go to Asia. We start playing on the Asian server because you can have every key can be logged into each region once. So we did that a lot in StarCraft. I bookmarked at least 10 examples of games today, even some modern games doing this. And I feel like we showed you enough, but if you want to find the game and get it for free, you search on eBay for the game name, you can find it, okay? Not always, but if you, if you check on every once in a while and you're a little patient, you can get any of these games for free through this method. Hashtag, and I don't, even feel, I don't even feel bad. This is Darwinism. Douchebag tips. Douchebag tips. All right. Gumby, Gumby, you heard the story. Is this a douchebag move? No, I've done, it. I've done it before back in the day. I, I'm more amazed that this still goes on because, I mean, this was, this was popular, you know, I guess 10 years ago, but I can't believe because I've wanted to get Heaven's Word, but I don't want to spend the money because it's ludicrous how expensive it is. Now so I'm sitting here on eBay yeah. looking for it. I'm looking for a key myself right now. All right, good, good. <laughs> By the way, it's I, 10 bucks for a physical copy, which is also ridiculous. It's $40 for the digital copy and 10 bucks for the physical copy, which I don't understand at all. Jap but, Japan, uh, Japan. It's only Japan, yeah, I know. So I'm looking for a code right now. Actually, cool. there's a sale that just came on today. It, both copies can be bought for ten dollars each. It's like a, I mean, just came on today. That? I didn't see that. It was on I Reddit. Today. I assure you, it just came on today. In I fact, I, I emailed Amazon demanding ten dollars off my purchase price because I paid twenty. Guys, guys. So there is a awesome, sale for fourteen. I have an awesome transition, guys. Ready? What is it? We gotta get the weekly rate eventually. Oh, no. so. so the CDK okay, BattleNet. Ready? BattleNet is going away, guys. BattleNet is changing its name. Oh yeah. It's a pretty good transition. It's not really changing its name. It's kind of just not going to have the name Battle.net anymore. So what do you guys feel about this? I think one, I think it's a good move because it's not really relevant today. If you see the wild, if you see like the you know, Blizzard launcher, they don't really see the name Battle.net anywhere. Um, it is a end of an era for me because, you know, I spent so much of my youth, you know, playing StarCraft, Warcraft 3, Diablo 2. Wow. Uh, well, well, WoW was never really part of Battle.net though back then. But still, it, it's, it's a big part of my life. I love seeing that logo. It's, you know, ushered me through middle school and high school, and now it's going away. Rest I mean, pepperoni. it is kind of ridiculous to have, you know, it, it is confusing for people who aren't familiar. You know, Final, again, to bring it full circle, Final Fantasy is unbelievably stupid with the way they, they partition their services. Mog Station, Lodestone website. <laughs> so, so I get why they did it, but yeah, it's definitely, it's like a, it's a historical moment in the industry for it to go. You want a good example of a of a horribly designed website? The Mog Station for FF14. I tried to oh. buy a digital copy of Heavensward and I couldn't find it. The only page I found was like, okay, ex enter your code for the expansion. But I didn't have a code. I had to buy the code. You have to go to a different part of the website that's not on your account management page to actually buy the expansion. It's just poorly designed all around. I mean, if you told me a game is Japanese, I can already tell you, the website sucks. Like the UI sucks. Like the it's slow. Like the interface is slow. All right. They do a lot of things wrong, but I still think it's a great game. Oh, but on, okay. on the back end, oh, the the game, the I'm talking the about like the meta problem. problem, the meta stuff, like the yes, the, you're right. Yeah. The back the back end of the website is is usually always poorly done. Like the scaffolding, let's call it. Let's call it fine. That's fair. Let let me call it that. You don't have to. I'm, I'm we, we. It became a we thing now. Right? We're all gonna call it the scaffolding. <laughs> all right. They gotta get their shit together. But regardless, I bought Heaven's Sword because that key didn't work. Cause somebody beat me to it. Where if I was patient, I am confident I could have gotten it for free. Where's that sale, huh? I'll link you. I'll link you after. But there is definitely a sale right now. I don't Sword. believe you that there's a Gumby's sale. Gumby's not buying that there's a sale for Heaven's Sword. I've been looking while we've been talking here, and I don't see. I do not see sales. Let's link I it. See maybe, maybe people out there want to play some Heaven's Sword. I just see. found it. I, I, I just I just found it. Then link it because I'm lazy. Yeah, I linked it on this on the stream. All right. This oh, is not the stream. Oh, on Amazon. A direct link. Is this a digital copy? How would you not check Amazon? This... 
No, I did, but this, isn't this a physical copy? This is a physical copy. Yeah, it, he said it the sale is only for physical. physical. I don't it like that. It was $20 earlier, and now it's only but Wait, $10. it says digital. It's a digital. It's also $10. Yeah, you can buy it. Oh, I see it. I see it. All right, all right. Fair okay, enough. done deal. All right, we did it. There you go. This is what you do. You get other people to find things you want and get them to link it for you. you That's the pro tip. Get some friends or find some people to converse with. Always get them to link you stuff. Like you need airline tickets, get someone else to link it for you. Don't, if you're a girl, if you have boobs your and you're a girl, this is usually a lot easier. Much if you're a guy, easier. you kind of have to work for it. You gotta whip out <laughs> your dick for hombre, you know? Earn it. <laughs> right, before we get too carried away here. Uh, <laughs> take it away, we'll guys. Take, take it away. The weekly, uh, this week is a bit of a, an interesting question brought to you by Altai. This week we're asking uh, which MMORPG world, if you had to choose one, would you live in? And I guess we'll go ahead and just say all the rules of that world apply. So, you know, I guess we'll even say there's respawn and whatnot. Uh, I know personally, uh, I I would pick EVE Online. Oh, so no. It's so painful. What? But then I thought about it. I thought about it. I only picked it originally, and I just ruined my own pick because in EVE Online, you live forever, right? Because of the clones and whatnot, you never die. But uh, now I realize that there's respawn. I live forever, no matter what. So, uh, Gummy, do you hate uh, yourself uh, that much to, to pick Eve online? I mean, That's a, well, I wouldn't. You would I die wouldn't over and over again. The pain. No, no, no. I would live on a on like a station. I, oh, Gummy, I'd, Gummy, I'd let's be real. Gummy, the way it works in Eve Online is your clone respawns. You still die. Well, that's a different question. That's maybe that's a post game. We're getting, we're, we're, getting we're getting very philosophical, but again, if you if you die and your clone lives on, that's no longer you. Yeah, my only my the minute only your neurons turn is, off, there's, there's your your mind is beaming. Unless somehow, at the speed of light. Uh, well, you know, Chalmers is still a pretty prominent figure, and he doesn't think that consciousness is a, a physically arising uh, manifestation. All right, you're getting a little deep for us. Right. Too philosophical. You, you brought it there. Uh, my uh, game, my game. Ahead. Ready? Scarlet Blade's a good choice. Scarlet Blade's. A, actually, I didn't think about that. That's that's honestly literally... great choice for Scarlet, Scarlet Blade. Blade is probably the best choice. <laughs> <laughs> my original choice was um, like someone said. I was talking about this with someone. They said World of Warcraft. And I said nothing with the name Warcraft and War in the name because I, I want a nice no, no, peaceful no. world. And then my idea was Maple Story. Everything is happy. <laughs> it's like that's true. That's a good point. There's only two dimensions to worry about. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to worry about anything complicated. I just chill in my little hut. That's a good choice. You? I like that. I feel like you want to avoid anything with Warcraft, with wars. So Guild Wars and World of Warcraft will be off the table right away. You nope. don't want anything with dangerous. You want something peaceful. I think the obvious choice is going to be Final Fantasy XIV. I hate to bring it back to FF14 because I just talked about it last week, really? too. The obvious choice? No, you, no I don't think that's an obvious here's, choice at all. First of all, first of all, a world inhabited by cute lollies that are of legal age. All right, this is the, all right, that's one. That's that's Listen, I'm building the sandwich right now. That's that's like that's the meat of the sandwich. I'm not done with the sandwich yet, though. We got more coming in, all right? Go ahead, bring it, bring it in. All right. Amazing emotes. All right. I can bust out crazy dances, I can bust out cool moves. And there's like so many to unlock that like I would be spending my time like that, that you can crack, there's so many peaceful things you can do in FF14 that's beyond just killing. You know, you can just explore the world, the towns, ride on your chocobos, ride on your various mounts. It's a very immersive world. And there's they did add they did add duels recently, okay? They added duels recently, which kind of increases the danger level, but they're they're consensual. There's no open PvP. So my life remains safe. But the, the lollies are also consensual, so you you I wouldn't actually get any. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right. That's the, you got to earn them, all right? 
But I think FF14 is a fair pick. All right. Well, I'm here. Game. We're hearing a lot of suggestions in chat. So uh, remember, guys, you can't just whip out a suggestion. You got to give us reasoning. So if you have yes. an actual idea, uh, you can leave a comment and just give us like, you know, your your reasoning behind it. I think Scarlet Blade was a well, was the best choice you've seen. Right, the best choice. I gotta say, yeah, I didn't pick it, but in hindsight, yeah, in hindsight, it is a best choice. Scarlet Blade, baby. Scarlet Blade is a uh, is a win. I you know what? It's not an MMORPG. I would pick Second Life though if I could. Really? I could just live another world. Only because think about it. I mean, if you look at it abstractly, right? It's just an infinite possibility of worlds, right? And it's also yeah. you would never not be entertained. But it's Gumby, the weirdest you... people in the, in the internet. Yeah. Gumby, well, the were you not there very... with me? Were you not there with me? Yeah, when you I was there. We into went to a the... weird sim where you lay down on a guillotine. You're... Yeah. And you get fucked. You have you sex like while getting guillotine, <laughs> and as you bang you know, them, they their the head street. rolls off. They call that the the old Frenchie. Uh, no, no French is, Revolution is, joke. Is that the official uh, lingo? Yeah, that's the old, that's the official lingo, the old Frenchie. I'll tell you, I'll link you the I'll link you the trailer you're looking for. All right. All right, all right. Link it to me, baby. There it is. That was the NSFW trailer for uh, Scarlet Blade. Stay for work. But I feel like you want to stay away from Scar from uh, Second Life. It's it's honestly the weirdest people. It's it's honestly if you haven't played Second Life yet, it's one of those things that I feel like you have to try in life. Okay, if you're of any interest in MMOs and virtual worlds beyond just the core gaming elements, it's something you have to try. I'll wait till uh, their VR one, honestly. Is that, is that still live? I, think I don't know. I'm still working on it in some capacity. And actually, now that we brought up uh, Second Life, there's a small funny image I think that made to the top of Reddit for uh, for Second Life that I feel like we have whoa, whoa. to share. We're not allowed to show yeah. Second Life on stream. No, it just, it just, it's a screenshot. All right. I think we're allowed. So we're allowed. So this is actually, I thought this was hilarious. Uh, now that somebody mentioned Second Life, the imager says, my mom asked me to help uh, her with one of her college courses that requires the students to use Second Life as a virtual learning experience. So her mom, the, 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 this person on Reddit's mom texts them, I've got several of the male avatars already doing our homework for us. I'm working on sleeping with one of the professors for a guaranteed A, is what the mom is saying. And she takes a picture of her, her avatar. And his son is like, stop, lol. Oh my this, god. At this rate, we should be able to find ourselves a wealthy investment banker and drop out of school. I found some strip clubs where we can earn some extra money while we wait for a man. It's like, this is what's this. And then, should I level up her self respect or just leave it where it is? That's a cool mom. <laughs> I feel like it, this this kind of just shows you the, the devolution of what happened on Second Life. All roads lead to strip clubs in Second Life. <laughs> it's such a weird thing. Oh my god. <laughs> I'll take, I'll, I'll take my uh, Scarlet Blade. Let's let's thought involved. It's just uh, right in your face, you know. That's true. There is that one male character they added, which could that's me. It, you that, know? That'll be me. That, that's you. That's you. There you go. That You're right. Else. That's you. I still feel like a world like Maple Star would be good too, because it's nice and colorful and peaceful. As that's, long as you avoid stuff choice. with war in it, I feel like I feel like you get away with it pretty you well. You can't have any open PvP. That's the rule. That's true. Open PvP is not a world I want to live in. And I feel like you can't have the rule of respawn. I feel like respawning could ruin it. So no respawns. No response. Okay. Yeah, no response. We're, we're hardcore gamers over here, all right? You, no gotta, you gotta save the disc, okay? You're not allowed to buy the clone tiers, <laughs> all, right? all right. Did any of you ever play a hardcore character on D3 or D2 where you've, if you yeah. die once? Path yeah. of Exile has it too, doesn't it? Yeah, but Path of Exile... Like non-hardcore. But Path of Exile, yeah, you get non-hardcore after you die okay. once. Okay, yeah. So, again, Path of Exile had that as well. I thought it was really cool. Hardcore the... games were brutal. I mean, because you would work so hard. 
you would get so far, and then one slip up. You're a little tired that day. You, all your all your time is lost. I mean, it's fun. I think that added element of losing everything is so important, and we've lost it. Maybe that's next week's question. I think we've totally lost um, fear in games, and that's devalued the way we play them. Because like, if you oh no, like dying doesn't matter, right? It's like it makes every encounter less meaningful. But if you want some meaningful, you, you should you should go to Syria. It's a full loot PvP <laughs> Full loot, no respawn you know? PvP MMO, right? <laughs> Literally full loot, and it's pay to win too, because like your opponents have tanks and you have like a rock. You know, you gotta you gotta outskill that tanker. The show just came out on Netflix about Syria. We should not oh, be making jokes head. about Syrian uh, it's it's up. wars. Wow. <laughs> all right. I actually, okay. I, all right, my last choice is Metin too. It's the one I would pick. But anyway, why? He has to punish himself. He does I, I like wrong. animals, and I'm a bit of a masochist. So, <laughs> lots of bears everywhere. <laughs> all right. I think. Um, there's a big issue this week. I think we should start with that. I think we'll take it right there. Uh, you know a game that doesn't have bears yet? Go ahead, man. Take it away. Oh, God. Here we go. Let me drop the link for Altai real quick. Uh, Soulbound Studios, the folks behind um, Chronicles of Valyria, actually dropped a bit of a, a bit of a bombshell today. Not really a bombshell. They just an, uh, an announcement, which I feel like a, I feel like a lot of people kind of saw this coming. People who are on the sidelines are always who are always skeptical about these um, crowdfunded games. They basically said we need another three million dollars to finish Chronicles of Valyria, beyond what they already raised through their Kickstarter. And the problem with this, and I feel like a lot of people are gonna, the thing is with games like Chronicles of Valyria, it has a lot of hardcore backers, people that believe in the vision and the story, and people kind of in the sidelines, and people just don't care. I feel like this this really hurts their story because if you look at Kickstarter, the way Kickstarter is supposed to work is you know you put down how much money you need, if you raise it. You know, you can fund your game. They had stretch goals, for example. You know, after they, they aimed for 900K, and then they raised 1.3 million, and they reached a couple of stretch goals. But now they're saying we need $3 million on top of all of this just to make the base game, which is insane because this was never mentioned on the Kickstarter page. But $2 million? Uh, they raised, I thought, $1.4 million, and now they're asking for... They said so they're $2 asking million. for an additional $2 million. They said that we, need, we need another $2 million, but to be safe, I'm, he's saying he needs $3 million. There's an important point. They... They said that that 900000 that was originally raised was seed funding, which basically means it was used to get the project started. But um, And typically, I guess, I, I could be totally wrong. Typically, I guess when you start a project in a traditional business, you have investors, they give you a startup cost, and then you figure out what you need to do long term. But Kickstarter isn't a traditional startup or anything like that. I mean, it's Kickstarter, right? Did I get mm -hmm. that wrong? But here's the thing. They, um, the pledge tiers, were, they pro were, they, were pledges promised a product? Because then, then they can't argue that it's a seed round. If if I'm gonna say one of the tiers is like fifty bucks and you get like mm -hmm. the, a copy of the game, that's not a that's not a seed round anymore. I'm not I'm not I'm not you know. Yeah. I'm basically you know they're promising me that game at that point. Well, yeah. The original Kickstarter was yeah. if you pledge say forty dollars or more, you get a a digital copy of the game. $50 that's more, it. You know, so this whole this whole raising money thing is bullshit. It's just, it's it's you know it's a lie. And we should point out this isn't these aren't the first guys to do this. Um, uh, Richard Garriott uh, and, uh, and uh, what do you call it? Shroud of the, the Avatar, Avatar also wanted to go back to Kickstarter to raise more money to finish their project. And I really do, my personal opinion, I know Mary, you have a lot to say, is that mm -hmm. this is this is an abuse of what Kickstarter is supposed to be for. Kickstarter is not there for traditional investment. Kickstarter is there for you to crowdfund a project and then deliver on that promise to an audience that wants to support you. These aren't investors looking for a financial return. I'm going to call a spade a spade. 
this is what we call where I come from a scam. And here's why. If you look at the the page for Kickstarter, nowhere on this page, I linked the page on uh, on, on Discord for you guys. Nowhere on the page does it say that this is only 20% of what they actually need. They never said that 900,000 we're asking for is just a tiny bit of what we need on the Kickstarter page. Not saying, okay, you know, we're raising 900k, but to actually make our game, we probably need like three or four, like two or three million. They're not saying that anywhere. They said this after the fact, after they raised this money. And somebody was defending them on Reddit. I looked at the risks and challenges on, look at the risks and challenges on Kickstarter. Hold they on. specifically say game development is never easy. And MMOs are the most demanding of the lot. We know these risks and have planned and keyword estimated accordingly. How could you estimate accordingly when you're asking for 900K for the project, setting out these uh, reach goals afterwards, and then all of a sudden saying now, oh, by the way, we need eh, two, three more million dollars to make this project actually happen. How can you say that? All right, all right. Here's the final. Here's 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 why. All right, ready? Never trust a man with titties this big. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That's not a good he's, argument. He's, he's definitely up to something. And a goatee. All right. Come on. He's basically he basically told you he's gonna take your money. Is that is that the Trump argument you bring? <laughs> Come on. All right. But anyone's got titties bigger but than don't your trust me. Don't, don't trust any man with titties bigger than your mother's. All right. <laughs> listen, listen. Before we get the name calling, before you get calling, uh, I do want to say the guy uh, about the CEO of behind Chronicles Deliria. He's clearly very passionate about the project. I am saying he misled. I, I, I would say he misled people. However, he has 500000 of his own money on the project, all right? He did put his own money where his mouth is. He's backing his own project. It's a passion project for him. And I respect that, right? He's putting his own money there. He says he got, he even said he raised five hundred grand from his family and friends, as well as five hundred k of his own money. So he put his own money on the line, but it is still dishonest to not mention on your Kickstarter page that all of a sudden, even if you raise your goal, the project rests on being able to raise outside investors. So essentially with the fundraising, I want to clarify their position. On the fundraising, on the announcement, they said basically that they need about $2 million to $3 million to finish the game. However, they're trying to get that money through venture capital and other methods and that you don't need to give them that money, but it would help. But the problem with that is essentially if he doesn't get additional money from venture capital, all the Kickstarter backers are all scammed out of their money because if he can't raise outside money, He's essentially saying the project is not going to happen. But he's saying, don't worry, we'll probably be able to do it. And you can fund this in between, you know, in between funding rounds. We'll get some money from you guys, make it happen. But people who back the game, that's not what they were. That's not what they were told. They were completely misled. And here's, and somebody else throws an argument. Oh, but there was a Reddit AMA sometime during the Kickstarter that he said that they might have needed more money. But that's not fair. It wasn't on the page. Why can't they have full disclosure on their sales page where they're asking for money? And here's a few Reddit comments I want to link you sure. as well while you talk. All right, while you're doing that, what? So where are they raising the six to three million? Is this on their website? Yes, they have a store on their website where they're selling additional stuff. The Kickstarter store, their own. Uh, I mean, their own Chronicles of Illyria store. You see the official post that you're looking at right now. You're seeing it there. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and defend them a little bit, and I'm not going to defend them as an. We'll see. What I mean is, I think what this shows is that people who undertake Kickstarter projects, it's it's very difficult to estimate the long term demands of a project, right? But if I, if you're going to undertake such a, a, a huge project, you, you really need to know, you know, what do I need to have a year out, two years out? I, I think they originally thought they only needed 900K, and then they went, oh, shit, it turns out game development costs a lot more money on that. If they went in, raised that 900K, and knew they would need more money down the line, then I would say it was dishonest. Well, you Gumby. can't. We don't, we don't know their intentions. Gumby, here's, here's... I just think it just seems like... Do you honestly think... Me. 
an industry veteran like this guy, he advertised he's got 19 industry so veterans what? working for him. Didn't think that doesn't mean he understands. That doesn't mean he understands. Uh, he could be an industry veteran. Uh, someone could be an industry veteran and know coding really well, but that doesn't mean they understand financial planning. No, but that that's doesn't not mean fair. They... Cool. You don't think so? His original plan, his his original goal. He, by the way, the first time on Kickstarter, he got above his goal, right? He said if he yes. he said he could make it for 900. There, there are reach goals in here too. Right. 900 plus to 500, he got elsewhere, right? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. But sure. So, do we know how much he got outside of Kickstarter, like besides the 500,000 from his family or whatever? He said he got 500k personally himself, and he okay. had commitments of 500k from family and friends. So we know he has a million dollars invested outside. So 1.9 was his uh, initial estimate for finishing the game. Yes, that's, le- that's and now he says yeah. That's less than Dark Age of Camelot, like 15 years ago. Like, wh- why would he think he could make an MMORPG today for that price if he knows the industry? And look what he promised. I mean, look, the idea of Chronicles earlier is amazing. Right? I don't think anyone's disputing the design and conceptual. Uh, aspects of the game it's amazing they, there's really bold ideas but very ambitious ideas that require a lot yeah, of like playing ambitious too. Guess, it's guess. very ambitious what they had and there's no way they thought they could there's no way a reasonable human being would think they could do this for the k and especially an industry veteran gang, you know, casual gamers who just who don't you know understand the development process they they might believe him when he says gained honest risks and challenges game development is never easy and most are the most demanding of the lot we know these risks and have planned and estimated Clearly accordingly. Not. How can you estimate accordingly when you when you're when you're asking for nine hundred k, but you actually need three million more on top of that nine hundred k, two to three million dollars more? All right, here's a here's a little advice for people out there. If you want to know if I should fund the next MMORPG out there, if all the material they're showing you when they're trying to raise money is literally a single character walking, okay, like, okay, th- th- you know it's not going to work. It's never going to happen. And MMORPG can't have one guy walking, okay. And so if that's the only gameplay they're showing. It's just a dude walking. You know, that's nothing. What they had, what they had was a design. I feel like at this stage, it's not even design. design. There's one guy walking. No, that's all they had. Oh, they had, they had design on paper with the aging system, and they talked about the lords and the being able to open PvP. There was a lot they were talking about in the game, which conceptually is great, but there was no game. Essentially, you have an engine where you walk around. Is what they showed, and all they had is an engine with some ideas. And they pretty clearly admit that that we're not at a stage where you know they have nothing right now. But respect for the guy that threw his own money behind it, right? Respect on that front. But I think he knew what he was doing, and I think he knew if he asked for four million dollars on Kickstarter, he wasn't going to get it. He might have gotten to one point five, and they would have failed, right? Because the game is not going to have that much hype. So he lowballed it at nine hundred k, and a number he he knew he could achieve, and then he asked for more later. Because if you ask for four million, you don't get it. You get nothing. He played his hand smartly. But he still scanned people the way he played his hand. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's egregious an example as you as as you. I know you're you know taking particular venom on this game this week, but uh, no, Shard of the Avatar. They um before finishing also douchebags. Right, then the plan with Shard of the Avatar was to release five episodes, right? Each five standalone mm-hmm. episodes. Um, and the Kickstarter was for for episode one, right? But before yep. episode one is not out yet, right? And they're already. Started. They want. They want to do another Kickstarter for episode two now. Before one is even out. <laughs> That's insane. And they're clearly going to use the money for, that they raised from two to finish one because they. I guess they ran out of money. That's my. That's my assumption with that one. God, but you really think they didn't know that he, they needed more than nine hundred k to make it? I'm. I'm more. You I'm, believe. You believe no, that? Hold on. Let me finish my yeah. sense. I'm Field. more. Yeah. I'm more likely to believe that they just are fools than they are. Uh, than, than there was some type of. Um, 
intentional misleading going on. I, I would say that it's far more likely just they, they, no matter how much of an industry veteran you are, they just didn't understand the, the long-term cost of a project. And they probably didn't realize how many people they had to hire in order to fulfill that vision in a reasonable time frame because people's salaries are the ones eating up your cost. Wait, let alone he, he didn't realize that? If you look at the Kickstarter page, he specifically mm -hmm. says there's like uh, 19 employees. Yeah, and then and, you and then they're all on a seventy-five thousand dollar average salary. And, and, and then he replied saying, "Oh, it costs money." When somebody was complaining about it in the in the comments on mm -hmm. Kickstarter, and he says seventy-five thousand multiplied by uh, like the twenty people he's gonna have working is gonna be like one point five million dollars a year. So you tell me he thought in nine hundred k he could make the game in like half a year. Well, perhaps he thought that it would be far easier to get outside investments, and that kind of fell apart. Okay, we, yeah. don't, we don't we don't know enough about those outside outside investments, and maybe that was supposed to be the fallback, and they thought yes. that the in Kickstarter uh, revenue yeah. was proof of concept. But I think that's his, what yeah. happened, and it wasn't enough. I'll give him in his defense. He said that with the Kickstarter money, we we, we should be able to get to a stage where we can raise investor money, right? That's what he right. said, kind of after the fact. But here's the problem with that logic: you can't just hide that on your Kickstarter page. You have to tell your invest. You have to tell on the risk page. Basically, you are funding a concept, and then with this concept, with your 900K, we're going to try getting outside investors to fund the rest of the game. Right. Because clearly, 900K is not enough. No. Okay, so why did he say that? That's why I'm calling him a scammer, because he didn't. He omitted that information on I this think page, you're, on think, the Kickstarter page. I'm afraid to use the word scam, but we've had discussion. Without going into that discussion, yeah, I think you're right. I think that that's exactly what happened is people, and we've talked about this, people use Kickstarter as proof of concept. And they say, look, we have the concept. People believe in it. It's a project that will come to fruition. And then mm -hmm. when they don't get that investment money, it falls apart. And the problem is, is that what ends up happening is if you don't have that guaranteed investment, who do you screw over? You screw over the people that backed your project originally. Yeah, it's easier to, back, it's easier to screw over the Kickstarter people than trying to screw over debt holders and other equity investors, you know? Because people that fund the game on Kickstarter have no legal say in anything, essentially. By the way, I also want to point out to the people that try and argue that they turn to Kickstarter because they don't want to be... Uh, they don't want to be answerable to investors. Well, we just went over the fact that they were seeking outside investment to begin with, because I have seen that retort as why they've returned to Kickstarter as well. Here's one of my favorite Kickstarter comments. So you needed 3.9 million instead of 900,000, right? Shouldn't that have been the original goal? <laughs> like, yes, that should have been the goal, but that wasn't the goal for strategic reasons. You go, oh, If you yeah. ask for too much, you may not get it. I, I think Canaris' quote here got it. Do not attribute to malice that which can be attributed to incompetence. Yeah, a man with titties that big. Man with titties. Gotta lay down. On the, gotta lay back on the soy, dude. <laughs> so I guess we could expect uh, some uh, beautiful uh, down, down, thumbs downs on this video. Oh yeah, yeah. we have the Crackers of Valeria fans. Uh, will come in droves to attack us as they. So can I also? I want to make a quick tidbit here. Uh, remember, kids, cults don't just exist in uh, Jonestown and uh, Heaven's Gate. Cults are anything that you have an undying allegiance to. So. But it's, it's remarkable that people can look at this situation and look at the facts, right? And just be like, they didn't do anything wrong. They're perfect. We love them. Yeah. Uh, anyone that says any bad about Chronicles of Valeria, they suck. They got it all wrong. Can I like, can I steer the conversation back to this walking video for a minute? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Go ahead, <laughs> please. Okay. Please. So, as someone mentioned Camel Unchained in the chat, and you know, we were critical on certain parts of Camel Unchained, but at least when they show their tech demo, you know, tech, what they, you know, they present their material. At least on, we saw a video for Camel Unchained where you had like a hundred people running around, right? Like it wasn't mm -hmm. the most beautiful graphics, but they were testing. And, and at least you got the concept of making an MMORPG, like an action. They're making an MMORPG. Now they're thinking about MMORPG. With this, mm -hmm. I there's no sign of anything here. What is this? Like this is. This isn't an MMORPG. I, this gives me no concept of anything. 
Yo, it's a guy walking around. What do you mean there's no concept? This is nothing. This is if they showed me no video, it'd be just as like I'd rather see nothing and then just have my own vision of, of like a bustling city than see that. Like that. But here's the thing: they want an illusion of they created all this cool stuff and they made the video to just show off like, oh, we got all this cool gameplay. We have a like we're not just you know asking for money with nothing. We got all this stuff. I think they're showing. They're trying to put the image that they they've done a lot already. I mean, Whether who, they actually did who's or not. Who's that video different. fooling? I, I mean, I guess it's fooling enough not people you. to raise money. Yeah, not me. But it's, it's not you. It, but it's fooling enough people to raise money. It's enough people, I guess. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, if you gave money to Chronicles of Illyria and you feel like you're not getting screwed, God bless, you know, it's your, you be happy. But I think some people are legitimately concerned. I've, people who who funded the game, some people already left negative comments saying, what the hell is this? And other people have passed their by like, uh, games that are like that are not coming out like this, you know. it's A lot of people recognize on the sidelines it's obviously bullshit. People that, I feel like most people that invested or gave money to Chronicles of Illyria, most of them I feel like are not going to feel cheated by this. So that's good on them. But some of them will feel cheated, and hopefully they can get their refunds if they want them. Can we briefly mention, though, that what really sucks out of all this has nothing mm -hmm. to do with Chronicles of Illyria, but it's just the overall perception of Kickstarter? Because people like us, right, we didn't donate to Chronicles of Illyria, but we see it and we go, okay, this isn't something to donate to. Mm -hmm. Now just people go and they say, okay, don't donate to any uh, Kickstarter project that yes, has that's a, a, a grandiose vision. And I, there was a post about Dual Universe on Reddit. Everyone's like, oh, that's never going to happen. It's a bunch of bullshit. It's a lie. But the thing is, and I don't know the specifics of Dual Universe to make that judgment, though, I think they've shown off quite a bit of, of um, a functional gameplay even before the Kickstarter. Uh, just don't dismiss everything. Just because one thing sucks doesn't mean dismiss them all. And uh, I think that's a dangerous jump take. Although there are plenty of bad Kickstarters, but there are there have been a lot of gems that have come out of Kickstarter that have mm -hmm. done really well. So The things, that, one... the things that did well in Kickstarter... Uh... First of all, they, they raised more money than like Chronicles Valeria asked for, right? And they were much smaller in scope. The scope of an MMORPG in 2016, like this kind of, especially 3D, all this kind of stuff going on, you can't make it for this kind of price. It's just, you know, it's and he clearly figured that out. He just couldn't do it. Can we name some other, can you name like an MMORPG that had, you know, like a big scope that cost a lot of money to make? Like what, how much did Star Wars not cost again? Uh, $200 million. Well, let's say 100 because a lot of it was marketing. Right? Yeah, marketing. So let's, say, so let's, let's just uh, put out $100 million to make Knights of the Old Republic. $100 million. Actually, let me go ahead and show you this and, article. And they used an existing engine. They used something called the Hero Engine. Yeah. So they didn't, even make, they didn't even make their own engine. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> Actually, we looked at total. I, I tried to, for this list, I tried to cite development costs, not total costs, which typically include marketing budgets. And the number we got for Star Wars Old Republic was uh, about two hundred million. million. There's no exact numbers. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online cost about two hundred million dollars as an estimate. Destiny was about one hundred forty million dollars. Industry estimates put at one hundred to four hundred million. And I did cite these on the bottom of the article for everything I could find. Again, Final Fantasy 14, 120 million. And what's remarkable is the scope of a game like Chronicle was amazing. Again, like when you look at that video, when you look at the first Kickstarter video, and you're just accepting the ideas that he brings forth, they're amazing. They're really like like. I would love to play that game that was described in the Chronicles. I would love to play that game. But I, I look at it with a more critical lens. I'm like, all right, this is this is probably not going to happen. He's asked for 900K. Come on. This is this is bullshit. But um, I kept an eye on it in my one of my favorite windows. Hopefully, if this ever comes out, I would love to play it. But it just seemed unrealistic at their budget. Even like these smaller games like on this list, like a game like Allods Online costs $12 million, all right? And Allods, you know, this is not like a revolutionary successful game. This is a Russian-developed cheaper game, and it still costs $12 million. Yeah, you're not gonna make a game. You're not gonna make an MRPG in America for less than what Allods cost to make back when it came out. 
Yeah, that's like a good benchmark. Inflation is insane, especially with where the people that live that make these games, like uh, mm -hmm. Seattle alone. I only learned this today. The average income in Seattle, where there's a lot of tech, is seventy-one thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. That's so a lot of average salary. Yeah, scratch. Just to survive, just to, just to meet the cost of living. If you have, if you have like, um, if you have for seventy-five thousand dollars a year, and if a small studio has like fifteen employees, fifteen uh, engineers, at fifty, you know. Just one year of salary is one point one million dollars. That's like one year of the development, and most of these games take years to develop. So that's that's and that's assuming you have no rent to pay, you have no licensing fees for all the software you're going to use. You're not paying uh like any other expense, your own ta your taxes, your like you have expenses up to wazoo beyond employee expenses to run a business like this. And you know this is just fifteen employees are going to cost you one point one million. If you're hiring in a place like Seattle. Where the where the cost of living is high and you have very talented people, it costs a lot of money. How could you expect to make a game for that cheap? It's impossible. Honestly, Unless you do one person. Kick, anything on Kickstarter, right? The lab, the, it should be like a labor of love, right? Where the yes. the people posting it, they should you know for the for the core labor, it should be volunteer. And if they have a license and engine or whatever, yeah, that's fine. And they should they should get rewarded with if there's a windfall. You know, they, it shouldn't be like a. It's, it's not exactly because they're not investors. The people giving money are not. You're not gonna have a share of the income, so yeah. it, it only if they're sacrificing, you know, their potential share of the income and putting money up front. I think it's fair to say that the other side should also just sacrifice their salaries until the game launches and makes money. Yeah, and if it's a, if it's a labor of love, that can actually be done. Yeah, and, and here's you my know. favorite Kickstarter uh, launch. It's not an RPG. It's a uh, Cards Against Humanity. Guys, actually started on Kickstarter. I didn't know that. Yeah, they I asked for four thousand. They got fifteen. How do you play Cards Against Humanity? And now, now look at them. Yeah, now they're everywhere. Insanely successful project, uh, everywhere. Yeah, you know, if they if they asked for a hundred thousand and said, "Oh, we gotta pay ourselves," you know, designer salaries, hundred thousand a year, you know, like. <laughs> but no, they just they did made they made a cool concept. It's very focused, very simple. You know, just just black and white cards with text. Um, I wish I thought of it. Yeah. Amazing what can, what you can do with a smaller budget too, if you have a team of just labor of love and your scope is focused. And more PGs are too broad, and it's so difficult. That's like a good name for a brothel, actually. But Cards Against Humanity no, is a good name for a brothel. Of love. Oh, Labor of that, Love. That is a great name for a brothel. Holy shit. Well, you guys are in Nevada. You might All as well. Right. Do you know what would have been, you know, you know been a great Kickstarter project? It wasn't on Kickstarter, but I feel like a game like this would be beautiful. Think um, Stardew Valley, for example. That game was made by, like, one person. Yep. And if had he put that on Kickstarter, listen, he knows he's capable of making a game. Clearly, the guy's very talented. He made a great game. Stardew Valley was A+. I bought it. I got like at least over 40 hours of gameplay on it, and I loved it, right? A guy like that knows he can make this game, and it's going to take X amount of time, right? He could have put that on Kickstarter. He knows he'd be able to do it in enough time anyway. And whatever he raises, he raises. And it'd be great for him, and he's going he's gonna to commit to making the game. He made the game outside of Kickstarter anyway. He did get a, a publishing agreement with uh, Chucklefish, which I'm sure supported him to a degree. But... Uh, he could have made a killing on Kickstarter if he just pre-sold his game that way and had it funded that way. I'm not sure what his relationship is with Chucklefish, how much of the revenue they get. But a game like that where you have a game where you have a game that can be made by one person or a small team and they're focused and they're passionate and they can just make it happen. That's a game that would do really well on Kickstarter. Seeing yeah, big games is just silly. And we saw, what was that? We had uh, Shenmue was on Kickstarter from like Sony. Wow, that was a total was, marketing scam. That was a marketing plot, you know. They didn't need that money at all. Yeah. And it was just... That's the opposite Free of money. my labor of love requirement. Yes, the opposite profit. I don't know why I did this, but um, what else? All right, well, I mean, I don't know. We we kind of we can harp on Kickstarter. Yeah, I, it's let's forget about Kickstarter. Let's shit, take it away. I, I don't want to hear Kickstarter anymore. Right? Other... I, I saw 
Yeah. The other big like multi prong event or things happening this week, I think was Oversnatch? No, no, no. The, the, oh, no. <laughs> that's not that. that we're coming, that's coming up next. The that's e- a great the, one. The esports shebang. Whole bunch of esports oh. teams got bought out. Um, what what was the good one here? Let's talk about the first one. Uh, the 76ers actually acquired the esports team Dignitas and Apex. Now, I didn't know what the 76ers were. I don't follow sports. They're the Philadelphia 76ers. They're the first North American professional sports team to own an esports team. So this shows you how That's serious weird. this has gone. It's on ESPN, a real sports team. Well, they play basketball. You can see. I think it's basketball. They, they, yeah, they bought up an esports uh, franchise. Two. How insane franchise. is that? Two esports. Two franchise. Yeah. I figured they're gonna merge them, right? I don't know unless they want to keep two different league teams going. I don't know. But what's crazy is when I well, firstly, when I thought 76ers, is it weird that the first thing I thought was, oh, they must all mean uh, Soldier 76 on Overwatch. <laughs> That's literally the first thing that popped into my mind when I saw the 76ers acquire esports team. Because I, I never heard of them. I don't watch sports are at we, all. Are you thinking um, cross promotion there? Maybe Se- Soldier 76 will get like a uniform skin. Uh, Ooh, for their, for I their like jersey it. Jersey or whatever. Yo, it's 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 gonna happen. Uh, and it's interesting. It says terms not disclosed. Obviously, we don't know how much it went for, but it says um they. Brand, uh, esports team brands have been offered in the marketplace at valuations between five million and fifteen million. So a single popular esports franchise like Dignitas could have fetched between five and fifteen million, which is pretty remarkable. Because when you get to these, like, when you when you talk about these franchises for sports, the numbers are ridiculous. I feel like you can have you can you, there are teams. I know when, when what's his name, the Microsoft billionaire Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers. I just followed that story because it was so much money, paid over a billion dollars. Like these aren't very profitable businesses they're buying. It's almost like a vanity business they're buying. They're paying insane multiples of earnings if if we know what their earnings are, but they're just paying through the roof to be able to own that franchise. And I feel like these valuations are just crazy. Five to fifteen million dollars for an esports team? I can't imagine any of these beyond league, probably none of them make money. Y'all probably don't make all imagine their money. If, in the league. Uh, hmm. Oh, never mind. I was thinking of actual sports teams. I was thinking, what if they became you know, if you turn your team into something like the Yankees, yeah. And it's not just a team, it's you know, it's a brand. It's a franchise. You I, know, think, it's everything. I think the value to these um sports teams it makes a lot of sense a lot of sense because here's why mm-hmm. this, this is a basketball team right the, the basketball you know viewers i guess the crossover between populations or people who are into what they watch these games and people who you know play and watch like an you know, overwatch or it's league and dota you know it's young male audience right with disposable mm-hmm. time and income that's like so it's it's it, it's like an amazing match made in heaven for them yeah you're right you know it makes more I, I, sense for them to yeah. buy it than like anything else, I think, than anyone else. It, but look at like the, the size difference. A couple like, like a friend like the seventy six years are probably worth like hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Because no, like, they're not. They're not that great. But they're not that great of a team. I'm not sure what their value is, but they're not. But I mean, were the Clippers a great team? I I just heard they were like a mediocre team when they were bought. I mean, I don't I don't follow basketball either, so my assumption but is the, always the, what town they're in. Manage, manage, that determines if they're good. They're or not. Philly. Philly. Philly sucks. JK. Okay, no, according no, to this no, random no. Forbes list, they're worth seven hundred million dollars. Forbes right, estimates that the seventy six are worth seven hundred million dollars again. So big numbers. It just esports are growing, right? Maybe maybe they're seeing something we're not. Maybe they're looking at like 10, 20 years in the future where they want to stay relevant in the case, you know, physical sports get less uh, I, basketball is still growing in popularity, so I, I don't see that angle. But maybe esports could be like even bigger. Maybe they're more optimistic on esports than any of us are. I mean, I think out of this panel, I'm the most optimistic on where I see 
esports going. I know Altai was a little bit negative, but seeing these companies and these big brands and these real sports franchises that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars buying esports teams, I feel like it legitimizes the whole thing. Guys, esports Olympics. It gets honestly, I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 questionable. Uh, we're Yo, seeing esports it, Olympics. I think there's a lot of money in esports right now. People are going to try and push it. We're, all, uh, but we're already to make it seeing, as big as it can go. We're already seeing so much consolidation. Remember, this was two teams bought by one, and they will be merged. My my That's sources. True. My sources tell me they'll be merged. Your sources that you just made up. All right, I like yes, it. I like yes, it. My sources. Um, Those are the best sources. Obviously, and then uh, <laughs> and then another big news because this is a multi-pronged event here at MMOs.com podcast. Uh, team Liquid, which is a much bigger team, I believe, than Apex. Dignitas, no, Dignitas, Apex. I don't know too much about. I know Dignitas is a pretty big franchise as is liquid though liquid is huge uh liquid is the of the three names you know digitox apex and Li team liquid liquid is the one i i know like i hear a lot more i'm, I'm much more familiar with um and remember team like the current team liquid is a merger between liquid and cursed the cursed team cursed sold off mm -hmm. its um esports division i guess um so a lot of consolidation happening very early in the industry Usually, you don't get this kind of consolidation until an industry gets much bigger, right? And, and kind of slows mm -hmm. down in growth. The fact that so many of these esports teams are, are, are merging now pro obviously means they couldn't make it by themselves, right? Like Curse and, and Liquid couldn't make it on their own, so they merged. Guys, Magic Johnson owns Team Liquid now. How does that make you feel? Is that weird? Like some. It's a bit some... weird, but he's not the first, and he's certainly not the last. Shaq's he's been in the yeah. game for a while. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an even yeah. weirder group that bought Team Liquid. It was like Magic Johnson, the former guy who made AOL. Uh, like, a very strange motley crew of people bought it. It was more of a hodgepodge rather than like an established thing. But these yeah. guys are all like established. But there's one like tech entrepreneur in there. There's a media executive. So they have a good mix of people in there. I'm sure they know what they're doing. You know, if you have this, if this, if you have this kind of money to throw around, you know, you may overpay sometimes, but you know what you're doing. I'm sure these guys will figure it out and make some money off of it. I mean, the trajectory of esports is still looking to grow, at least according to Superdata, based on their last esports market report. It's about a 900 million industry now, and they expect it to grow to about 1.2 billion by 2019. So, all right, quick roundtable. I know we talked about our trajectory of esports, where we think uh, the business is going, how if it's going to get bigger. I know Alt I said was a fad. Do you still do you want to revise that opinion, or you want to set, or you want to stick stick with your guns? No, I think I think it we're requesting because the consolidation. And remember, the guys who bought Le uh, Team Liquid, they they made a new name called Exonymous Esports, right? And they're actually looking to buy more esports teams, not just one. Team Liquid is the first purchase. So Interesting. What, they're probably going to do the same thing the 76ers did, is buy one or two or whatever more and just make one out of it, like combine their resources into one thing. So I think I think maybe we've reached the... the there's, there's a lot of really small esports teams out there, right? And a mm. lot of them are going to go away. We're going to get fewer big ones. Now, what that means for the revenue, I really don't know. I don't know. But I, I don't think it's like a... I don't think it's going to grow up 10x from here. I see. I think it will go 10x from here. I think everyone's... People people want to watch. People want to aspire to be these pro players. It kind of gives... And I feel like gaming, like these competitive gaming, even like in the casual level of like games like League of Legends, playing on the casual tier or Dota or Counter-Strike, I think we're going to have bigger franchise i feel like we're gonna have less like small fps games and more people will congregate towards stuff like overwatch and counter-strike go maybe and the, the audience in single game is going to grow maybe like maybe either dota is going to win or league is going to win and more people are going to watch one of those and then we're going to have so many people watching and so you get critical mass from there because 
with with sports, I feel like it's so much easier to like pretend to be a pro esports player than a pro sports player. I feel like even if you play high school basketball or high school football, you kind of know in the back of your head you're not going to be a pro basketball player. But if you play league and you play a lot, or you play Dota, you play Counter Strike, there's always that dream, you know. I feel like it feels more attainable, and because of that, people are interested in esports because of that. It feels more attainable, even though it's not. My one issue with esports is, well, I want to believe it doesn't pass my test. And my test is very simple. My test is, if I hear about people in the wild doing it, then it's popular. And I don't know anybody who watches esports regularly. Like, I know people that watch if you, if, in college sports. campuses. In college campuses. Even when I was in college, I mean, League of Legends was big. We're old, we're old Gumby. We're we old. are old. But the thing is, that's the thing. I'm divorced, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm willing to believe that esports, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was good. But I, I'm willing to, I, I, I think it's still going to grow. I think it's going to grow right for now out of the sheer fact that so much money is on the line on esports and so many people, so many people are getting involved. But I, I think Aaron's raising a good point, which is, you know, there is going to be a consolidation of these big teams. And maybe that's actually, maybe that's actually beneficial because you need to have uh, less teams, I think. You need to have a certain number of teams in order to make it into something like traditional sports. Like, you only have so many baseball teams, right? And then maybe you have different uh, levels, like there's AAA, AA, things like that. But um, oh. I don't know. I, I just, the fact that I don't pay attention to it, like, I don't have a desire to watch it. Gumby, Gumby, yeah, did still, you know that Remo and Omar and I were actually on an esports college team? Did you know that? Oh yes, of course. In our in our heyday of uh, Dota One. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we played so on the, We played on the Rutgers Dota team, all right? And we it beat was, we, long. and we semester? beat Wesleyan, but we lost to Princeton. But but little little Those context behind that. Princeton's got lots of time. Little little context behind that story. There there was no official team. We just called ourselves the Rutgers team. And I'll tell you, showing us some quality gameplay from forever ago when we played this. So we played, and the funny thing is, during this match, right? Neither my brother nor I. We're even going to Rutgers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Alumni. Two of our five players didn't even go to Rutgers, and we played for the Rutgers quote-unquote Dota team. And there's a quality... Uh, my friend's name in that video, he was uh, Obsidian Destroyer. I love his battle in that name. It was Orlando Bloom 69 One of my favorite internet names. I don't know why. He just got pwned by Orlando Bloom 69 yeah, I was Viper, baby. I was the mid player. <laughs> good times, good times. Uh, th- again, it wasn't an official team. We just kind of signed up as the Rutgers team. Hold up, hold up. All right, thing. we still had our college IDs at the time, all right? That counts. We had the college IDs. They were expired, but we had them, all right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's our esports adventure. I like the one last thing before we get, and let's get off esports. We've been here for too long. Born too young. Hashtag. <laughs> exactly. If, if I would, I feel like. If I was of college age now and just getting to college, it'd be awesome. Especially if I'm going to like uh, UC Irvine or UCLA where they open these esports arenas. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would get a freaking scholarship, yo. I'd get a League of Legends scholarship. That'd go be awesome. Go get your League of Legends scholarship now. Yeah, I'm too old. Too old. I can't. I mean, I'm already losing my reflexes in League, guys. Yeah, game's getting and rough. Someone in chat just said, you know, I never cared enough to go professional with gaming. Seemed like a joke, to be honest. It really. A job. It a really, joke, yeah. yeah. It really did seem like a joke. It, it really was a joke until very recently, like the past mm-hmm. one or two years, um, where the money is good enough that it's worth you know chasing, and you can actually you know, if you're if you're really good, if you're top tier, you play for a couple of years, and you you know you got a nice nest egg if you if you win the tournaments. 
So that was never the case until until recently. I think part of that that um, widespread acceptance we haven't hit that point yet. And I think it won't go into a decline until people accept it. I think that's important as a. I don't know why I'm just talking on my ass here. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Gumby. Uh, do we risk? I know I know you want to get off this, but do we risk PCs losing relevance? Right as we're about to break that barrier, where the money is good enough in the in the in the industry to you know warrant professional gamers, casters, you know organizers. Maybe you can save it. Maybe you can save. Maybe esports can be the saving grace for PC gaming and just PCs in general, because PC sales have slowed down and decreased relative to like smartphones and laptops. Even desktop sales are, are have always been have been declined for a while. It's not going to matter soon. They're all going to be on the same playing field. So didn't you see the latest tech? Soon you'll be playing. You'll you'll rent a PC over a network and play PC games on your phone. Oh, yeah. It's not going to matter. No one's going to need to own a PC except for the hardcore. But guys, more importantly, more who's important. looking forward to playing uh, over? Who's looking forward to seeing Oversnatch? I actually watched Jim Sterling's review of Oversnatch, and it was. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is it actually out? Is it actually out? Jim Sterling's review of Oversnatch. No, no, Oversnatch actual... itself was it out? Oh, I think I guess it is. I don't know. The full. All right. Full. Kabang. Featured oh, you, but the excitement level is like, like woo! You know, just All right, this is this is uh, bookmarked. I like it though. This is a uh, it is a parody porn of Overwatch. We can see some uh, Reaper X. Uh, this Reaper looks awful. Widowmaker gameplay right here. Yeah, 2016 It came out. Okay, I'm. All right, we all guys, guys. I'm downloading this tonight. All right. You'll get the official RemoMMOS.com review tomorrow for it, all right? It'll be on stream tomorrow. All right. I'll talk about it. I'm most interested in whether this is canon or, canon or not, all right? so Oh, this, this has to be canon. You remember when, uh, what's his name, retired? Metzen? This is this is what he does now. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a famous porn actress, too. I didn't know that. One cum shot, one kill. I love it. <laughs> Apparently, Reaper takes off his mask, which is totally against the accepted lore of Overwatch. Oh, no, you so, can't have that. So it, it looks like they really took some liberties with the story here. <laughs> oh, my God. One come shot, one kill. I love it. Did you see the roll? Did you see a roll? Oh, he's got moves. Danny, if it lives, I can F it. Roll. Look at the roll for uh, Widowmaker. I love it. I wonder what Blizzard's opinion of this. Uh, I feel like Braz is a pretty big studio in the adult entertainment industry they probably ran it past their lawyers that it's okay if it's a parody and did reaper did reaper just throw a dildo at i'm sure blizzard would take it as a compliment it really is i mean if that was my ip and and someone did this i would be like okay now i know i made it so here's my question is i know overwatch is selling well right but has it penetrated the mainstream enough that like it's, it warrants this kind of treatment because i know like pirates of the caribbean and like these big name movies usually... okay okay Erhan. who do I you think is subscribed to browsers Honestly, that's a good question. Who is subscribed to porn? Like, so who's, who's paying at for who's paying? Yeah, that's paying that's for honestly this. a very good question, Gumby. I, I, and I don't have the answer, unfortunately. I think we need an editorial. <laughs> All right, Paul, who, who here pays for their porn? Because I've never paid for porn. Yeah. I don't think I will ever pay for porn, but somebody's clearly paying for it. Do you think it's like people who just really respect the industry? And so they just they feel like, you know, like someone wants to support their favorite author or artist and they buy their album or books. And so they just like, they really love their porn. So they support their favorite porn studio. Is that how it works? If, here's a problem too. There's so many studios. We need Netflix for porn, honestly. Like you just pay once 
you get you get all the browsers and all these other studios you get it all you know they all specialize you're right right yeah. now there is ten dollars should be a Netflix. ten dollars a month i get everything i got browsers you know whatever i don't want to say anything about my right. fetishes here next week guys you're gonna see the brand new mmos.com we're transitioning our business to meet the demands of the we, we, we call it a pivot no? we, we pivoted. <laughs> we're pivoting to uh netflix for adult industry right and hente of course as well all of it a nice nice big package I think uh, first of all, I I want to see. I'm looking forward to seeing Mercy. Mercy better be in that video. If Mercy's not in that video, no, I'm it's just respond. Reaper and Widowmaker. Just those two? Yeah, that's it. Oh come on, no Mercy, no deal. I mean, uh, heroes never come. Oh, cancel that damn. Heroes line. never come. Oh my God, that's a great line. <laughs> <laughs> this used to be an MMO show. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. It's it's gaming related. All right, we're keeping it on topic. All right. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm still gonna download it out of curiosity. Uh, Altai and Gumby, are you two curious? I, I'm telling you right, I am, I am genuinely curious. I'm gonna see it. What about you two? I'm not that curious. I think I saw enough. I, I can imagine what happens in the. In I mean, if you shared. download it, if you download it, you know, put it in the in your. C I'll put a shared file. Yeah, you put right, a shared fine. folder, and I'll, I'll take a dip in there. When, you, when, right, you, when right. you're done with it, you know, it's all soggy. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look. All right, all right, all right. Fair, fair. I, I'm genuinely curious too, you know, and that's. I'm looking forward to checking it out. That's probably the most interesting news of the week for me. The Oversnatch for sure. You guys want to hear the weirdest thing? Who would have guessed? All right. Guess what game just revived in Korea recently? Was it just now? It was recently, yeah. This this last week. Oh, I, I did this, didn't I? You did do this. Okay, can I, I'll, I'll bring it You up. can't guess. Alta's got to guess. I already, Fine, clicked, it. He already, right, clicked, already clicked it. Already clicked it. I saw it earlier, too. So guys. for some reason, for some reason. God, you want to say something to bring this in? No, it's all you. It's all, it's all you, Gumby. Oh, for some reason, Cacao Games, renowned for Black Desert Online, is bringing back Echo of Soul to Korea. Why? I don't know. But they're doing it. They're doing it. They're bringing it back. Uh, and they're bringing it back with a new class, the Buxom Paladin. So, uh, it shut down in Korea. Take a look at that Yeah, the gear's a little, a little ridiculous. It's about to be a Soul Calibur character or something. Who asked for this? Now, if you want to know for, uh, I'm actually not sure how well performed in Korea because the company that used to run Echo Soul, uh, the reason why they closed it down, they claim, was because they were transit, they were pivoting to mobile development. So now, uh, Kakao, I guess, I don't know. I guess they're trying to expand their portfolio. But for 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 comparison, Echo of Soul currently has less than a hundred players on Steam. Less than 100. But do I, you believe that's actually what they're doing? Like, they, they said they were transitioning, right? But if you look at HanGame.com right now, they have numerous PC games they didn't shut down. They shut down specifically Echo of Soul. You know? So I don't buy that reasoning, which makes you think... But the fact that they're actually bringing it back it, is definitely a plus for, I think, North American audience. It shows that, I guess, they're taking over they're taking over developers, they're taking over publishing. But really, they're showing support sure it's just, for it's the just game. publishing. I don't but think they're, they're showing they, support they, for the game. They're saying they see something in the game. They're showing support in South Korea. But think of it this way. If they show support in South Korea, the developer itself actually gets more money, right? Mr. Blue is the developer. I don't, know, name. What I don't know what their what their strategy is here. I I don't think anybody asked for this. So I remember when Echo Soul, Echo Soul was released, like, it was lukewarm. So I don't... It was so bland, and that's really... I don't, and there's so many bland. more titles out. What are they... I don't know what they're trying to prove here. You know, I like go back to the go back to the news post, and you can see on the actual picture, you can see the paladin. It's a new class, right? 
Look at the, they clearly went for the the tried and true design of the outfit. That less <laughs> is actually more. Okay, look at her armor. Less is more. That's right? very it. popular design. In in battle, every second counts. And if she can distract you with her chest, all right, for for half a second, okay, that's all it takes to get the advantage. She enough time to club you with that mace. Exactly. You know, she's got there you it. Go. It makes sense. But you know they they didn't buy the IP. They just got publishing rights. So it's not like they could make a mobile spinoff or some crap. I don't. I don't mm -hmm. get it. You know, look at this. Look at the Echo of Soul official open beta launch trailer. All right, and tell me uh, if you want to put the audio down, audio up a little bit. It's actually there's a lyrical song, and it's actually really cool. Like it's got this really sweet uh, woman singing, this lyrical voice, and this like kind of cinematic scene. I thought the singing was just really nice. It's like really charming her voice. But what does this have to do with the game? This is the open beta launch trailer when it came out in America. Look, they're killing generic mobs. That's what it has to do with the game. It is cinematic, with with lyrics it is no gameplay or any so many games lineage 2 did this too yeah. and I, I, I have no i put no value in these like cgi no uh, like cutscenes where the cgi right. doesn't match the art style at all like it's just no, this, doesn't, this is an anime it's so divorced from like the actual game like style yes yes look so it's cool. a beautiful song it sounds nice this is a good like side like like maybe it's a cinematic trailer right don't make an open bit a launch trailer you know this is like when you want people to see your game, they want to see some action, some gameplay, you know? Like, I hate when a game is announced. I hate when a game is announced. And the only trailer you see, right, is like, oh, this new game that sounds so hype. Take a look at our cool trailer. And it's a CGI trailer. It's like, come on. Obviously, they didn't do that. On PlayStation 1 and N64 route, and you had these cool CGI trucks, like, oh my god, this is amazing. But it mm -hmm. soon lost its luster. And uh, I don't mind CGI trucks, but when all you get the CGI trailer, uh, and it's not paired with the game trip gameplay trailer. You're kind of out of luck. I actually don't like the CGI trailer. I'm sure some people do. I'm not I actually really... like this trailer a lot because the music was beautiful, but fan. it doesn't fit the game at all. It's just not. It's a cool, like kind of like a side thing that just looks nice, but it's just as Altai said. Yeah, but there's, there's no story the game. here. Like what? What makes Blizzard trailers is great. Even from StarCraft One, is that they told a small story that got mm -hmm. you pumping. This is just a bunch of people dancing and like she has wings. Okay, now she flies away like Superman. Okay, whatever. I mean, there's nothing here to tell me about the game. For me, the more important it. thing is like you know the the, battle, the Blizzard. Like let's say wow, um, CGI. At least it kind of matches like the theme of like the you know the gameplay they're going for, like the gameplay style, like the art style in the game. I mean, this I, I bet if I click like a gameplay video, it's not it's not gonna look it's not gonna look anything like that. In either color scheme or, you know, character models, I guess. So what's the point of yeah. that? I don't know. I, I do agree the song was beautiful. I, I thought the song was really sweet, all right? I'm a sucker for those nice, sweet, romancy songs in the intro video games. I know. Get uh, out of here. Listen, RFI did the same thing. I thought it was a really, like, sweet, nice song, right? But it was really, the video itself and the song didn't match the game really at all. Like, you watch that. It's like a, it's like a five-minute long lyrical song in RFI Online. It sounds nice, but... It's not. It's not. You want. You want to see gameplay. You want to see gameplay advertise it. To see that as the official launch trailer, open beta trailer, it's kind of weird. They had, they had a few gameplay trailers as well, so it's okay. But the worst offender is when a game is announced for the first time and all you have is this useless CGI trailer. And you're just like, why? I want to see some real shit. Zenus just said some AMVs can be beautiful, but most are really cringy. That is true. I feel like that applies for a lot of things. Guys, verdict. Will Kakao Games make money in uh, in Korea with Echo of Soul relaunch? No. No. 
No, no chance. Like, what if I could bet against them, I would love to bet against them somehow, like short them on that deal. But like, obviously, you can't. But that'd be pretty remarkable if you could, because that seems like a slam dunk bet. You want to, you want to talk about who's gonna make some money? I bet you Battleite's gonna make money. Battleite's great. Deserves to make money. Actually, but, I this is the first day I didn't look at Steam charts. Let's look at Steam charts right now. I'm gonna drop the link. But this game has been on the upswing since it's uh. Since the game originally launched, no, it's it's, it's balanced out. So yeah, you don't know we played Battle Rack for Sunday Funday. It is a team arena brawler, a tab, a tab. newly christened tab. by us. We own that word. Every time you use it, uh, you owe us money. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, people pick champions or heroes in either two v two or three v three matches, and then they use their unique abilities to kill the other team. Working together with a array of characters ranged from tank support and annoying ranged class. It's a ton of fun. In early access, currently still on sale, seventeen ninety nine. I think it's retailing for twenty, but but will be free to play mm -hmm. when it releases. I didn't know I knew all that. I just said all that. And I knew it. You knew it, Gumby. You knew it. I knew it. Wow, look at me go. I I think we've all been playing it this week. I actually played some last night for the first time with Shu because Shu uh, got the game. We we queued up. It was actually really odd because it was our first game playing. I was ranked twelve, and we we're playing rank. So it was me and two ranked ones first time playing. And it matches against a rank 13 and two rank 10s. Like, it was the most unfair matchup ever. We got dunked. <laughs> but it was, we still had fun because after like two, three games, she was a pretty quick learner. So she got the game pretty quickly and made a lot of fun. So even though it was our first game, she learned, like, after two games, she learned the game. And if you haven't played Battle Right yet, I think it's worth the 18 bucks. However, you know, it's perfectly chill to just wait till the release because it'll be free to play then. Q1 of 2017, it'll be free to play. So if you can wait, feel free to wait. If you're too eager, I think it's you'll have your you'll get your value out of the 18 bucks. My opinion. What makes it great, by the way, is really simple. The matches are short. There's yeah. no BS. It's just an arena. You go in the arena. There's some barriers. You kill each other. You're out. Matches are real quick, and it's such it's such a great pick up and play. That's why I never liked MOBAs. Take too long, but Battle Right in and out. It's the spiritual successor, right, to Bloodline Champions. Basically, the Bloodlight Champions 2.0. It's literally like the same game, but just more polished. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to play Bloodline, so. It was ahead of its time, as we clearly learned, because I think this will do well. And Bloodline, the loss did not. And uh, honestly, you got to give some respect to um, Stellock Studios for being able to kind of truck it out, because clearly the developers and the, the founders, people behind the company, that they love their concept so much. Like they believe in their concept so much that you would think after the first game didn't do well, they'd try something different, right? For whatever reason, Bloodline Champions was not a commercial success by any means, right? And then all of a sudden, they make Battle Right, which is basically the same game, just slightly more polished. And their belief really paid off. And the game is doing well, and they were they were just ahead of their time, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's one of the few games that uh, I discovered you know, through Sunday Funday, and I, I, I'm still playing it. It's, it's really good. Faria was also really good. Re a recent find. Mm -hmm. Faria's a winner, yo. You guys, do you know why I wanted I, I wanted Shu to be on this podcast? Uh, she said maybe last time, but uh, she wasn't able to make it. But I wanted her on the podcast because there's a game. Look at this game's name. Oh, yeah. It's so perfect if we had Shu on the podcast. Guys, it's called Mount Shu Chronicles. Mount Shu Chronicles. It sounds Chinese. It does. It is. It is Chinese. It is, yeah. Wow, look at you yeah. It's actually a, it's basically a reskin of uh, what, Jade Dynasty. Perfect world doing reskins? No way. No, not perfect. Nah, not perfect. I'm sorry. 
Oh, you played uh, you played J Dynasty, you played Perfect World, you played uh, Ether Saga Online. Those aren't all three of the same game with slightly different interfaces. No way. No, you no way. Oh they my god. They actually are basically the same exact game. But you look at them show off the the physics on the on the cloth in this game. They are very proud of their cloth physics. Yeah, Jade Jade was fine, but just that all three games were built almost like they almost looked the exact same, just slightly different variations. When I first saw this, I thought, okay, now Perfect World wants to make their own Moonlight Blade. It's got that same art style going for it, I think. I don't know how it plays, of course, but it it, it looks a lot cleaner than their old games. So yeah, I don't, absolutely. It's, I, it, it can't just be a reskin. No, no, it's not. I, I agree. Yeah. The other three were reskins. No, they're, they're basically like was they scrapped uh, an Unreal Engine Four powered Jade Dynasty. Right? Okay. That was what they were working on. And I then see. they took the assets from that and then made this. Okay, okay. But they're not using Unreal Engine 4 anymore. They're using... They're their using own their engine. own engine? Yeah. yeah. What was it called again? Their own engine? Uh, Angelica. Angelica. I got it. I'm pretty sure it's Angelica. It's quite the name. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost certain. Because I, I follow a lot of perfect world development games. They're like Angelica 2, Angelica 3. I guess this is their newest variant of the Angelica engine. I'm not sure where Angelica came from, but that's their uh, that's what I was thinking too, but that's obviously Rugrats. not the right answer. It's not Rugrats. Right. I, I have a question for you guys. If you can watch the stream, I paused the video um, at a moment where this lady archer is fighting this mob in the middle of this desert. Mm -hmm. Now, this is such a cliche MMORPG scene. From this screenshot, and let's say you didn't know what this game was, right? Could you tell what year it is? It could be 2005, 2006, no, you're 7, right. you really 8, can't. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Always in the desert next to a cliff wall. Like, this is such a cliche scene right here. Like, is that Firefall? <laughs> it, it really could be. You you have no Based on that screenshot alone and you didn't know the game, It could you you couldn't tell the year if you didn't know what year it was from. Because it, it does look very generic. Like, But every MMORPG pretty. needs a desert scene with lizard monsters. But it just tells you that, like, I mean, we gotta, they gotta try something new in this, in this industry. You can't just keep churning this out where it literally looks like everything else. Are you trying to say Perfect World's business model and X Legends business model are not top tier? Come on, at least they, at least they churn their games out, right? At least they come out, right? They make games. I mean, at least I Did see you... a difference in, um, in you know, or what's it called, Twin Saga? It looks better than the previous games, right? I think. Law Place was their, is their newest game. It came out recently in Japan and Taiwan. It's not announced in America yet. I played it for the first look. It's different, too. They, they actually went for a different camera angle and stuff, but it's it still has that same aesthetic, you know? It's got, like, very cookie-cutter gameplay where they don't really innovate. I, honestly, the only time I saw x Engine really do something really cool was Eden Eternal. Because I played their Grand Theft I played the older game as well, but Eden Eternal was the game where I'm like, wow. This isn't just a company that's going to just copy and paste games and do something. They, they took the multi-job system in like FF11 and stuff, and they, they made it like cool and like in a free-to-play game. And it was awesome. I just kind of wish they held on to some of that gameplay bravado and brought it to Twin Saga because the class in Twin Saga was just more basic almost. If they just, I feel like they just kept the internal system and just built on that. It, it keep you coming back for more. That's my, my, my two cents on Twin Saga. Yo, these Chinese guys love to fly on these random... Devices, you know, Perfect World was one of the first. Like, I don't know, they 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 advertise everywhere their flying system in Perfect World. Like that was like one of their selling points. I I don't like flying systems. I don't either. Uh, it, it has to be the the environment has to demand it. If it's just there to be there, I don't like it. No, but you don't think like mounts as a whole. No, 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 mounts are fine. Just flying mounts are no good then. The thing yeah. about flying mounts is like. Um, Sometimes when they're implemented, you, you just kind of ignore the world and you, you force yourself to just go from point A to point B. Yeah, you just fly over everything. 
Yeah, so then the world becomes a backdrop rather than being a world. The, 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 what you actually experience is the, the, you know, the emptiness around it. So I, I don't like that. I want to be, yeah, be forced to be in the world. Actually, in, when I was playing Legion, even though there were no fly mounts, but I tried not to use my mount at all because, you know, it's slower, but you, you kind of you miss details when you just go from place to place on your mount. Yeah, like look at this we're in such a rush, you know? Yeah, look at this beautiful, like, temple area, right, the, in, in this video. She's fucking doing tricks. She was, like, She's flying like, over it, right? And you kind of missed, like, half the detail of half the, you know, temple. Um, like, why bother having this temple? Yeah, why bother spending it's... time and energy, you know, creating it? It gives if... you a sense of scale when you're flying past it. Like, this well, is a world. That's fine. No, scale's flying great. But you can get scale from the ground, too. Scale isn't, you know, it's... A, it's... Yeah. Scale is zero regardless. Like, a good example of, I guess, how it's done bad is in Riders of Icarus, the capital city. It's just so oh, yeah. big, only because everyone has a mount and they want to. Yeah, like, right. It, it it just feels disjointed somehow. Like if they made it half, if they made it a quarter as big, but you were on foot and there was like like NPCs walking around, it would feel more alive. Like it would feel more scaly. Yeah, that Icarus that felt like a giant toy set. Yep. Didn't feel real or part. That's of the fair, world. but I feel like mounts like in games, if done well, it gives you like a target to aim for. And well, mounts like aren't bad. It, it, flying mounts can be used right, but they, they, they. Yeah, you're right. They should be a target. They shouldn't be something they, that's just... They give you a reason to play, like, strive for a game. I agree. They shouldn't... Even, like, the basic mount shouldn't be a freebie. Again, I hate to go back to Vanilla WoW and throw this out there, but even getting your first mount of Vanilla... It felt like something, you know? Like, it felt like you had to save up for you to save up your shekels, you know? Save up your silver. Your shekels! <laughs> what, it was, like, 50 gold or something? Yeah, it was pricey. Like, yeah. A lot of people just didn't have that when they got the level required for the mount. It was, it was like... I earned this when you see a mount, you know? And then to get even better mounts, you have to, like, spend money for it. And now it just became, like, everybody gets a basic mount, and you can unlock cool cosmetic mounts. I like the fact that you can unlock cosmetic mounts and cool stuff like that. That's another thing to collect. Again, collecting things in FF4, FF14 is one of the coolest parts of the game. And like, collecting dyes in, like, Guild Wars 2, people love that, too, and cosmetics. But I it just... Everybody shouldn't just get a mount for, like, just being there. I feel like it kind of cheapens experience. And in these games, you do get flying mounts kind of, like, for free in almost any game now. You know, this is kind of silly about mounts. I noticed this in Legion. Is hmm. uh, over time, you have a game running for long enough, and you keep expanding on mounts. Like the mounts end up, you know, they, they don't, they don't fit together. Like a puzzle, like you'll be on, like you'll see one person on a scorpion, and then someone else will be on like a, a cloud, <laughs> like a nimbus. And then someone else is on like a two-headed dragon, and then a horse. And you're like, all these are together. It just FF14 is kind of a like an offender in that degree. You see like the weirdest mounts sometimes. It's like so silly. And a lot of Chinese games are very silly with it too sometimes. Yeah, I, that has its own charm. Uh, mm -hmm. But sometimes it's a little overwhelming. But I love the fact that you can collect cosmetics in games, whether it's emotes in FF14, oh, whether 14. it's certain like piece of glamour to, to change your gear, just mounts to like, again, even in WoW, like this is a more recent example of WoW, being able to get your Ashes mount in, uh, actually it's the Burning, I think it's the Burning Crusade they added it. I don't know when the mount came in, but I, I, I got it during, uh, I tried to go for it in Pandaland expansion, but Pandaland. you run this dungeon, it's got a, literally like a 2% chance to drop, right? And you can only run that dungeon in uh, in Outland. You can only run it once a week, and it's got a 2% chance to drop. So on average, it'll take a year of going through that dungeon to get it. Like Obviously, you don't need that map, but having those little things there to aim for. Those are cool, yeah. I like those little things. Like, you, and the dungeon is super easy to solo when you're at max lower, right? But like going for the, the cosmetics and collecting cosmetics, I thought was really cool. Yeah, that's not a mount thing though. That's about um, yeah. that's about barred content, and mm -hmm. that's that's meaningless beyond its own desire. Right, like the headless horseman mount. I got, I got, a, I got a, go I got to go ahead. Finish this thought. 
Uh, I wasn't not really related to this, but a little little sidetrack. Do you think? I mentioned this before. I, I want to see games that don't have all bind down, bind down equipped. No, I'm, I'm tired of bind down pickup. I want to be able to buy some gear in the auction house. I want to be able to sell my gear. You're I going like... the wrong direction. You're, you're, you're... I, we, we are going. The... I am. I, yeah, we're yeah, the wrong. Yeah, you're, 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 you're fighting against the trend. Shit, here. where's our objective? We, we need some the... Did you object though? Although, do you think that the current system is better? I think the current but system. I, I hate finding like if you. I think I get a good piece of rogue gear while I'm playing so like I want to be able to sell it. I want to get something out of it. I don't want to be able to just oh this is this vendor crash now. Here's the problem well, you... from, the, from the point of view of the, of the guy running the game, right? Yes. You you're introducing so many friction points because every time there's a scammer, every time there's some I guy know, who loses something, it's he's it, gonna bitch. It's not worth it. You want you want to make your money. You want to you know, you want people to play. You want the illusion of interaction between players. The less actual interaction there is, the cheaper it is to run the game. But do you think that thought process that you just mentioned, that kind of like almost like developer unwilling to take, like uh, they don't want to avoid friction. Do you think that thought process is what kind of hindered like innovation in the genre? Sure, but uh, it's just, I think for the next five, 10 years, we're going to go down that road more. It's still the less. natural course of things? Yeah, yeah. And then maybe maybe a niche game will come out like Eve, right? Like a new Eve kind of game. Mm-hmm. But the, the general game that comes out, the big budget games, like Diablo 3, for example. Can you imagine Diablo 3... Because remember, Diablo 3 is on consoles now. Could you imagine it being like Diablo 2, where you could just like, you could just like tell people to like give you their items, sell you their items, scam them, scam yeah. them kill them outside town, give them like one potion, and then when they pick up their stuff, their their loot, their gear drops. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I know, I know what you're Like it doesn't make sense. I I don't see that happening in the next you know five ten years. I think we're gonna move away from things like auction and even Black Desert. Right? There's such a big punishment to like buying and selling on the auction house and stuff. I don't know. Well, what about a system where uh, it's not bind on your character until you do something to like say the whole point is you, all gear is tradable except for maybe top rate gear, but then like a Black Desert system, you you enchant it or, or add stats, and once you do that, now it's bind on your character. Yeah, yeah we're gonna get something. we're gonna get stuff like that. So like I think there does need to be a mix because I think it sucks when an in-game economy is is only relegated to resources and like little knickknacks, and then and then you're only um, your only sink is is like repairing your gear, and that leads to you know inflation again. So, I feel like there needs to be more avenues for 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 interacting with economically with other players because mm-hmm. we, we've really limited it. I don't like that. It's a hard thing to figure out, though, isn't it? Yeah, we gotta write down some of our design ideas one day. I bet the game we create is gonna be like this biggest douchebag hoshblosh cesspool. <laughs> like Eve, like Eve is for Care Bears. Try our game. <laughs> I, I'm right to admit, you know, like we can we can criticize ideas. I'm not saying we have all the answers either. You know, this is yeah. obviously it takes a lot to make a game, and I have a tremendous respect for the people that make these games. Even a game that like seems like generic, it it, it could require tremendous work and effort to and skill to make a game run that fluidly with all. Like, there's so much more going on than we just see. You know, we're seeing the gameplay right now in, in the background video of uh, this. This new perfect role game, uh, Shoe Land, whatever it's called. But like, so much could have gone into this, and like, it's we're just kind of brushing it off, right? That's what critics do. They're killing this giant bunny too. Like, how much? It's like this silly-looking bunny that doesn't think, even like I fit. In general, the, the more valuable you make the currency and the items by being making them tradable, mm-hmm. the more you open yourself up to you know hacking, and scamming, and then as a developer or runner, publisher, you gotta spend more and more money managing that, preventing that. Yeah, so unless yeah, you're yeah. a big that studio, sucks. you know it's just, it's just not doable. Like, how many people, even Blizzard with War Three, uh, I mean Diablo Three. I know so many people with Diablo Three who got their accounts hacked, 
Okay. This yeah. is the auction house. Yeah. And as soon as they got hacked, everything got transferred to, to you know, they were naked when they logged in. And all this shit got sold in auction house right away. Yeah. For real money. For cash money. Like, and then I guess Blizzard eventually said, you know what? We, we don't have the will or desire or money or team to, to, to devote 100 people to fighting this. Fuck it. You know, and they got rid of it. So I don't, I mean. Well, it was a great idea on paper. It just didn't work exactly. as scammers and douchebags. I mean, yeah. Honestly, you have a point. Because if you look at games like Black Desert Online when they launched, like, a game that was buy to play, they can't control gold spammers. Like every time you ban somebody, you make uh, you make twenty dollars and they have to rebuy the game or something. And they couldn't control gold spammers in a buy to play game. WoW can't control gold spammers. They they're kind of doing like uh, free trials abuse and stuff like that. But well, you still get gold spam in WoW. I think the only game I've played recently that had pretty good control over gold spam was uh, FF14. Once in a while, you get like people whispering you like to buy their gold from their websites, but they get banned pretty quickly. I've That's never blocked bad. anybody. I've only ever seen like three or four spams in FF14. Oh, they somewhere. must have changed their system. Because back in the day, I had a list of like 100 people that I had blocked because it's gold spam. It used to be pretty bad. They must have figured something out. They, they must figure something out that nobody else did because, you know, they're they're actually banning them, which is, I'm impressed. All right. Well, okay, where, where are you going to take us? Oh, all right. So, growing up watching Yu-Gi-Oh, right? What uh, a transition. <laughs> How cool would it be you know, if they were playing the 3D Yu-Gi-Oh, right? With like the monsters in front of you on the in the arena. You put the cards down, they actually come to life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Okay, so when I, you know, when we got the HTC Vive, that's what I thought of. I'm like, whoa, this could be cool for Yu-Gi-Oh. Well, now somebody is doing something like that. We got Dragon Front. It's basically uh, a card game where uh, the cards like come to life and there's like they're like floating above you in the arena. I got a little video. I got a little picture at least. That took long enough for someone to do this. I know, right? Yeah, it's really cool card games. Hard the cards. I think I summon. It's less important for card games, but I eventually, if, you know, after the t- second or third generation of VR, I think it'd be really great for board games. Because one of the problems I have playing board games online on a two D surface is like it, it doesn't really feel the same, right, as playing in person. But if I can, like, yeah. you know, look around and see the you know, my little risk, my risk pieces or whatever, it'll give it more oomph, like a, an actual board game. So there we go. There's some gusto. But yeah, I feel we the way the technology gets better because you'll still like, it'll still feel a little bit weird at first, but if, there is room in VR to kind of handle that. And I, I do want to see this, uh, this, this card game do well, because again, seeing those scenes in Yu-Gi-Oh! felt pretty badass to summon your monster. I remember watching clips of Yu-Gi-Oh! recently and I realized how stupid some of it was. Cause like you, he like you see Yugi draw a card, right? And even before he looks at the cards, he knows what it is. I summon this. Like as he's drawing, he says that he's gonna summon this, and like, he before he even plays it. Because yeah, he has the heart of the card. Maybe so he cheated and just put that there, so he knows he knows the order of the cards. <laughs> he cheated. I guarantee someone wrote like an analysis of Yu-Gi-Oh saying Yu-Gi-Oh is like a scumbag cheater. This is proven in episode this where he drew this card. He knew what it was before Yugi, he looked at it. Yeah, he's done this seven yeah. times. Yugi is actually the bad guy. Pegasus yeah, you, is trying it, to bring peace and tranquility to the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are some crazy overanalyzations out there for cartoons. If you just just Google cartoon overanalyzations, people write like manifestos on how oh, Disneyland, Disney, um, Disney's Aladdin is like a essay on the Middle East or something, and like how yeah, it's nonsense. It's so weird. Like the overanalyzations on like, and they they compare it to like current events and politics, and it makes sense if you read it. it just it's just really weird. Guess the Rugrats one where they say uh, all the babies are dead except for Angelica. Right, what's what's the logic behind that? What's the logic behind that? It's like I forget I, I forget it now, but it was like Jill and Phil are are like a, her sister or brother. They were miscarried, and that's why there's their brother and sister. She didn't know the sex, and 
Chucky doesn't ever exist. I don't know. I forget. But eventually, it's supposedly Angelica, the theory is Angelica's insane, and everything that happens is in her head. That's a good one. <laughs> I got to look this up. Because, again, some of these are really well written with persuasive arguments. Join the beta, beta Dragonfront. Yeah, I'll, I'll, is, is it going to cost money? Probably. I mean, I'll, I'll, free, I, yeah. are there any free, like, actual? No, no. Almost all VR games are monetizing with a bioplay model. So I don't think free-to-play is uh, is VR compatible, really, quite yet. Yeah, you, you do have demos. The audience is not That's... big enough, right? Even if, yes. You know, like, who's going to? You can't have the critical mass yet. So VR is not going to be touch free-to-play for a long time. There's actually another card game coming out, too. It's from um, Square Enix. I think they, the first VR card game, the first VR game they announced, I believe, was a card game as well. And the cool thing is it's it's Square Enix making it. It's not just another indie studio. Up until now, almost every VR game has been indie studios. So now you have a few big companies that are going to throw their weight behind it. So I'm looking forward to that Square Enix card game just because it's Square Enix. Yeah, why it not? might be Million Arthur was going to be the one. It's based on a mobile game. I know, mobile, but it's it makes a lot of money. It's got some gorgeous card art. I haven't played it, though. I know it's big in Asia. All right, I'm going to take us to... To Overwatch, no Paladins. Because right. I know we talked Paladins. about. Is this talk... the Reddit? Is this the Reddit post about the it being a copy? No, this was this was the Todd Harris from High Res actually refuting yeah, the yeah, allegations yeah. that Paladins cloned Overwatch. So people can read this if they're curious. I, I do. I don't think it's fair to call it a clone of Overwatch. What about you guys? It's, Based it's on not, this no. It is. Altai? It is. Altai's still it's, sticking it's, by his guns. And here's it's why. A clone, it's a clone insofar. I'll put you. Uh, yeah, prosecution goes first. It's a clone. Oh, that's you. The cl- it's a clone insofar as okay, listen, listen. Uh, they copied abilities. It didn't start as a clone, right? I played no. I played Paladins during the alpha, right? Whatever it was. Close beta. Close beta. Alpha, alpha, we played alpha it. Thing. We actually have, we have yeah, Sunday no. fun day. Like, you can go back yeah. and look. What what and if what we played back then, right? That was not Overwatch. Uh, that was something different, right? Mm. Uh, but the problem is, once Overwatch came out before they did, they said, hey, look, these guys are doing well. Uh, you know what we should do? We should we should just change our game completely and make it like Overwatch. And guess what? Then it became Overwatch. Then it became a clone. Here, here Actually, we go. Actually, I, I really don't think it's it's like Overwatch only in an abstract sense and uh, based on hero abilities. But when you actually play the game and you play it long enough, it doesn't play like Overwatch at all. It's uh, it is, there's a totally different mentality in the game. It's, it's a totally it's the way the team comps work. The, the interdependence that's available in Overwatch is not is not there in Paladins in the same way. There's also no hard counters to heroes, so it, it it has enough differences, I think, to to call itself its own game. But there's no doubt that they're both they both fed off each other, and Paladins definitely coming out second and changing its game mode looks guilty. Yeah. And I mean the abilities are undeniably. Similar. But they said all There's those no abilities doubt. came from a uh, global agenda. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. That, and you know, I don't think that matters at all because, to be honest, uh, the abilities work for what it needs to be. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't call it a, calling it a clone is something that's one to one, right? And I yeah. think it's that word has been overused. Right. It's similar is fine. They copied Overwatch. They were inspired by Overwatch. They, they, they admit that they copied uh, certain things. So they, you know, they took certain features like the kill cam, improved lag compensation. And some verbiage and they, like elimination. And getting rid of their signature game mode. No, but they, they they also specifically said in 2012 when they were designing the game, they had some early builds of the game too. They were testing what game modes they wanted. They tested out this game mode that we saw in the alpha, and they said like, they found out that pl- only some players liked the game mode that we did in our in our first uh, Sunday Funday video. And then they decided with the with the relaunch to go back to their original idea, 
which they're saying they had a little, you know, back in 2012. Like back to that style of game mode that Overwatch that, that's kind of a, made that's, popular. I mean, they could be right, but that's that, that doesn't change yeah. the point that they changed it in response to Overwatch success. Yeah, it's because between right? that time frame that we played, Overwatch came out and we saw how popular that game mode was. Yeah. And then yeah, they did change sure. it. They, they said they had that game mode okay. earlier. And here's the thing, too. A lot of people, when people, when people say things like, oh, they copy, they cloned, there's a negative connotation, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's Oh, well, they were smart. Yeah. They're, they're, what's, what's wrong with copying Overwatch? I, there's nothing wrong with that. They said, hey, look, Overwatch is successful. Let's copy the best parts. Okay, you know, make a game similar. But, you know, it's got our own flair to it. You know, we got their own characters, their own stuff going on. It's just, and the card system. Yeah, yeah. Let's make it our system. own a little. Uh, but, you know, we know what works now. We know what people want. Why shouldn't they give people what they want? If this is the kind of, you know, hero, team, shooter people want, why do something else? You know, make it like this. Add their flair. And look, they got 20,000 people playing it. This is great. It's free to play. Nobody's hurt, you know. 20,000? I, I wish they copied Overwatch more because I think the map designs of Paladins are poor. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's not a bad thing. That's, that's an issue that I think people overlook. It's, you know, now we have two choices. There's a free to play, smaller, you know, file size, you know, this kind of, you know, Paladins. And then if you like Overwatch, you go buy Overwatch. You know, it's, everyone's happy. I'm curious how it's going to do in the in the long run. They've they've already sponsored. They're they're going for their first esports event now that the game is actually in open beta. Curious to see how that's going to do because they did have a a big tournament earlier, and that was back in the previous game mode. So it's it changed quite a bit since. And again, you see, we're showing the video. I think in the in, from the old Sunday Fun. Yeah, right? the old one. Yeah, yeah. You know was, the problem with the old one was the mm-hmm. um, because the maps were so open. Uh, Team, inter- you didn't have as many team interdependence fights. You, you, what happened was you would be roaming and you would find one other character. You'd find the whole team together, and you would either get murked or you would have a, a one-on-one fight. And I think what they, either they saw from Overwatch was what they wanted. They wanted the game to be a team-focused. They got smaller maps play. now, yeah. and that, and now the maps are compressed. They basically force you down a, a one major hallway with two flank positions on either side. Some maps are a little bigger than others, but overall they've gotten much smaller. No, no, th- those maps are all compact. I don't think any of those yes, maps are still compact. compact. That's like fair. this is you. This is like a big world that they had going. Yeah, on. exactly. The maps which, was more, which was interesting, but it's not. It's but this not, didn't work. I think, I think even what they, they wanted, it wasn't conducive to what they wanted, which was those team fights. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, the game is doing well. Peaks at about forty thousand uh, users on a day, so they're they're off to a great start. God bless. Go high res. I actually read there. Uh, I think he posted on Reddit, right? The yeah, yeah, yeah. The CEO. Todd I think Harris. he tried a little too hard, right? Trying to defend it. He's like, "Well, our first game, uh, Global Agenda, had a, a character with a rifle that can stealth. Therefore, we didn't copy anyone." It's like, relax. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone, everyone realizes this is going to be a tank character with like you know the the you know the big guy with the right with the rocket launcher, the sneaky person who's thin, you know, with the sniper. You know, no one expects mm-hmm. a burly sniper and a and a you know, skinny, scrawny tank. You know, everyone, this kind of archetypes we expect, you know? So I, I don't know. He he kind of went into a lot of, he went into a lot of detail though. So if you, it's interesting. He, he felt a little offended. He, he felt he really, he felt really defensive. He did feel defensive, yeah. Well, put it this way. Say you you work on something that you love and then everyone says, oh, you're a joke. You just clone this. I mean, that's, that's I, mean I would let the money rolling in from those 20,000 players, you know. Not everybody. Counsel for, me. You know. T- take a look at this scene. Remember, he specifically said the reference links. In general, you can find almost every ability in current games Somewhere in much older games. For example, the old hook and pull. You know, he's defending the hook and pull. By showing Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. That, but yeah, he, the hook and pull, you know, it's a it's very wrong. common strat. He's not wrong. This is... It's just that we see the game that kind of reminds us of Overwatch. That's why I think a lot of people got offended almost by bringing it up, you know? 
Even, oh, they show Link in uh, Smash Brothers. Yeah. And Pudge from Dota 1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just came off as a little defensive, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Who made this video? This hook oh, Paladin's made it! Oh my I god! It. I thought he linked to like some external. He actually went out and made this video the, the gameplay, yeah, to prove that he didn't copy the, the... reminds me of my old boss a little sensitive and then they they spend all day they take the whole thing like all right we're not we're gonna fucking defend ourselves today okay you on video production you make this video you write the article you do this <laughs> this is cringy yeah <laughs> cool. i gotta work on new characters no no we, we gotta compile hooks from every game since 1990. <laughs> All right, let's brainstorm. Meeting, meeting, everybody. Uh, one more thing, one more thing. They're showing, uh, for example, they're showing other parts of Paladins back in, like, development builds. Also, they made a lot of videos, Paladins. Saying, they showed Engineer with a turret, hammer, and shotgun from 2010 Global Agenda. And they put these all up recently after this controversy. It's so funny. Yeah. So they're kind of showing that, like, they had another Wow, games they too, had but... a turret character, too. Well, but Amazing. They, they didn't just have a turret. They made him a dwarf, too, right? Yeah, they made him a dwarf, exactly. And you know what's funny? In the original <laughs> Which video, is a little bit funny. In the original video I showed, I don't know if I closed it. Yeah, the original video I showed uh, mm -hmm. for Paladins, it wasn't the big Reinhardt-looking guy with the shield. It was like some other girl, right? It was some oh, other no, girl. They, their Fernando character with the shield, they have a video of him in the early builds of uh, Paladins. Oh. And, but, but the thing is, if you look at the early builds, I'll drop the link right now, it's, you don't see that giant shield. You just see a knight with a shield, you know, walking around and charging. He's got the charge, he's got the sword swing, but he doesn't have that giant shield that Reinhardt has. Yeah. No, he so doesn't. They, they, they added that. Do you know what I think the most interesting thing out of all this is? Hmm. Do you think the reaction would have been as strong if Donkey didn't make that fucking video? I, I think Donkey's I think Donkey it's is Donkey's fault. I'm, I'm ready to blame him. Uh, Donkey, you fucked. We didn't fuck up, but anyway, you caused this. Okay, I think XX Trade in our chat just said the best comment. High res exposed. Blizzard gone sexual. <laughs> That's so That's weird. They made all these videos. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, look, they, they should defend themselves. Okay, listen, I, I think they might have went a little bit overboard on, on, on making that Mega Man video in a compilation of all these old games. But listen, people were calling them out and they said, listen, we're going to spend, you know, one guy took his day and made made this post and I think it was worth it. I think it cleared up a lot of confusion and they clearly want some PR for this because people upvoted it and they seem to agree with it. So I think it worked out. And it doesn't even matter, like like Erhan said, it's so successful regardless, it doesn't, you know, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who the haters? Do you guys remember like when fighting games were big, like in arcades and stuff? They were also similar to each other. But, oh yeah. But but none of them like complained and bitched about like, oh, we're not a copy. They were like, oh, we don't. Street Fighter was cool. We so live in a so we made a bitching. we made a fighting game because Street Fighter was fun. You know, like deal with it. You know, like <laughs> play our game if you like it and don't if you don't. You know, like what, what is the good logic? Good logic. Yeah. Since when did copying because it's a big fucking deal? I know. Like, no, League just copied Dota, yeah. but you everyone pirate, loves League. You? If League came out today, they get skewered, right? Apparently. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But League, oh, I, I'm, I, I know, as a League player, I'm famous. They, they copied Dota. Yeah, sure, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. It is what it is, you know? It's just how it goes. But again, I, I think Donkey's video got a lot of people uh, heated about it. It was, it, was, it was hilarious. I, I love this video. I gave it up. Yeah, but it, was, it was still hilarious, but I think I walked away not as offended as some people because I know games all copy off each other. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I gave Paladins a good, by the way. Uh, if you want us to review, MMOs.com, review Paladins. It's early access review. We have to preface that now because people get all anal. But <laughs> uh, yeah, got a good. Could be great, but needs some polish.
give it some time until I think I think I think Paladin, yeah. the time Paladin's release it will be a great game. I think they just need to see some quality of life improvements and whatnot. Speaking of early access and release and stuff. Uh oh, not again. Heroes and generals. No, no, this is good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. So, on the positive upswing. So the first game we did for Sunday Funday, okay? Sunday Funday round one was a game called Heroes and Generals. This was back in April 2015, right? It finally got released. So once in a while, an early access game does come out. <laughs> it it happens, guys. It happens. Once in a blue moon. I like how we have that intro where we just have the just the banner of the game. So this is what like a, a I guess like a value. poor man's World War II battlefield style game. I like heroes in generals. Don't be dissing on heroes in generals. It's got six thousand three hundred players playing right now. That's pretty good. Peak peak fifteen K during the day. Yeah, it's a solid game. I, I'm gonna be able to install it. I'm no, curious I, to play it now after I'm playing Battlefield about it too, 1. Yeah. Is it gonna hold you over till Battlefield 1? I don't think I'm gonna get Battlefield 1. So. Really? No, I don't think so. Alright, fair enough. I don't know, if everyone starts playing it, I told you, my ultimate criteria for playing game is peer pressure. I'm not ashamed of that. <laughs> Do it! If Do it, Gumby! If all my friends are playing a game, they all wanna play, then I'm probably gonna get the game. That's the way it works. Fair, fair. I'll, I'll probably download this again and check it out in between. Uh... I install it right now. Yeah. I, you know the best part about the game about heroes in general. So it's a World War II game. It's it's you know basically got a big map. You have to capture objectives. They have a pretty neat hierarchy system where people play commanders in a World War map, and they basically dictate where troops and supplies go. But the core gameplay for most people is uh, running around the map, capturing objectives. If you don't know, bicycles actually did play a part in World War II and World War One, I, I think more so. Real men rode their bicycles into tanks, all right, with 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 their melee weapons. Bicycle equipped, cavalry. Right? They had lances on their bicycles, and they rammed. <laughs> That's how real men uh, serve their country. It was actually called the bicycle infantry, and um, was a real thing. <laughs> it did look so silly. Like it does look silly, video. but it looks so silly. I you can get it, across. Though. You can sneak behind enemies so easily. You're not in a vehicle, you, and you move fast. America's it's actually a ton of fun to. To ride up on enemies and pop them up, jump on Some, your bike. Someone just said, okay, then today I learned. I love the link <laughs> to Wikipedia. Bicycle cavalry is, uh, is a real term. Oh, they're like the foldy kind of bicycles, so they can carry them on their back. Yeah, it's so OP. It's I, I just remember when we played our Sunday Funday video, we were like kind of gunned down at our spawn point, and there was one tank just shooting us. I mean, none of us could kill him. That's what always happens. I just ran out with my bike with, uh, as a, with my manly man attitude. Didn't. Couldn't get him though, unfortunately. How about we do we revisit Heroes and Generals, guys, for Sunday Fun Day? That's not now a bad that it's idea. released, we have an excuse, you know. It's on the platter. It's on the. Uh, that's All a right. good potential. We might, we might do Heroes and Generals for Sunday Fun Day this week, or if this week we have, we might have to go somewhere. So. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, we uh, Alta and I have some uh, scheduling issues for Sunday yeah, Fun Day. Yeah, we have to visit family, baby. Unfortunate in in California. Well, I'll say unfortunate. California. California. Okay, I'm always looking forward to visit family. All right, so if Omar and I won't be here for Sunday Funday, we'll make we'll make uh, Sean and Matt play some lousy game we don't want to play, so we can dodge it. Yeah, I want to play. I want to play this game, so we can give them like uh, some Duke Slither. No, no, I'm Slither. deciding. I'm taking over. We're playing Slither, hardcore <laughs> Slither. Slither one v one for money. You want you want a money match coming? <laughs> Dude, I would mess up anybody in Slither. I'm Yo, I downloaded a bot that plays Slither for me. I have that. It's I know you're talking. You just press the F button. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. Why? I know that bot. Well, it doesn't yeah. actually. It just goes in circles and stuff. No, no, no. It's actually really good, though. It does work. 
I got an average 4,000 score with that. 4,000 is garbage, kid. Come back with your wow. top 10 average. All right, all right. Don't even try me. Yo, Zenus, <laughs> I, we, I mean, uh, Cinnamon Jim, we can't do Second Life, unfortunately. You get, you, you get banned on Twitch for for talking, for, for bringing up Second Life. Not bringing up, for, for streaming Second Life. So, last, we can't do that one. It's very unfortunate because, I mean, there should be like a Twitch safe zone for Second Life. <laughs> Although the thing is, as soon as you go in, the first thing you do is go to a strip club. Oh, of course. Or, you know, if you're feeling more adventurous, uh, getting your head weird cut off. Stuff, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cut off. That's more, that's weird stuff. All right, guys, we're we're hitting our hour 30, so we're going to go ahead and call it for the podcast. We'll be here for the after show for a bit. Right, time flies. Yeah. Time also, guys, flies. if you're listening to this, make sure you apply for our – we're giving away keys for uh, Founders Packs for Revelation Online on MOS.com slash giveaway. Yep. Hopefully, we, we're giving away five right now. I'm going to email them asking for more. So hopefully, I can get you guys some more keys. If you guys want more fun and you're watching on YouTube and you want more giveaways and stuff, check us out live at 4 p.m. PST Tuesdays. Yep. Peace. See ya. Thanks for watching, guys.